Here at Michigan Family Wellness, we believe chiropractic care and nutritional-based therapies are a foundational part of a healthy family lifestyle. No matter where you're at in the mitten, having a family is such an exciting time of life. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by stress, fatigue, and responsibilities with the kids, we invite you to become part of this empowering community to create happy, healthy families. By providing engaging interviews and practical applications, Dr. Wallner cultivates family health by equipping our listeners with the tools they need to elevate wellness in their own family. Dr. Wallner passionately serves the Michigan community at his chiropractic and nutrition-based practice, where he specializes in pregnancy, pediatrics, and family wellness care. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kyle Wallner. Good day, families, and welcome home. That's right, my name is Dr. Kyle, and this is the Empowering MFW Family, and we are so glad to be with you today. If you are joining us for the first time, I want to thank you for tuning in. The health of you and your family is your number one priority. It is your greatest asset. The best way to have a healthy family is by living a family wellness lifestyle. So if you're looking for efficient, effective, and sustainable ways to elevate your health and the health of your family, then I strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable because we have an amazing show for you today. Christy attended the Branch Reflexology Institute in Okemos, Michigan, before going on to receive her national board certification in reflexology. For the past two years, she has been practicing reflexology at her clinic in Plymouth's Old Village neighborhood. All right, families, let's welcome Christy. Well, welcome, families, to the interview portion of today's podcast. I am here with Christy Holmes from R3 Reflexology. Welcome to the podcast, Christy. It's so great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. As you know, Christy, we start out every podcast episode with two questions just to help families and people listening get to know you more. So, can you tell us a little bit of what family looks like for you and what do you love about Michigan? Uh, okay. Family for me is my heart. It's my heart, it's my comfort zone, it's my haven, my safe place, and uh, my biggest cheerleaders, and I'm their biggest cheerleaders, I guess. And Michigan, it's got to be the change of seasons, although Mm. I liked it a little better when they were a little more equal (laughs) in length. Sure, sure. (laughs) I'm right there with you. We get that a lot on the platform, just the changing, the diversity of seasons. My wife used to live in California, so it was always an unbearable, you know, 60 or 70 degrees and sunny for most of the year. (laughs) And then, you know, every now and then it would rain. And so just to have that little bit of variety is nice every now and then. But hey, Christy, let's go ahead and just dive right in because I really want people to get value from your expertise, your experiences, and just help people raise the awareness and the educational level of what exactly is reflexology. So that might be a great place to start, just very broad, very 30,000 foot view. What is your definition of reflexology? Okay, so the definition, I practice the Ingham method and reflexology is a science based on the principles that there are reflexes in the hands, feet, actually hands, feet and ears that correspond with every part of the body, every gland, every system, every organ. So in working on the feet or the hands, in essence, we are affecting the whole body. What reflexology works to do in a nutshell is to break up uric acid, stuck uric acid, uh, where massage breaks up lactic acid. Reflexology is working on breaking up stuck congestion, uric acid, by releasing 
the stuck congestion. And again, it, it's not just uric acid. Uric acid is a byproduct of our kidneys. All of us have a little excess. And with the hands and feet being furthest from the heart, there's the slowest areas of circulation. So things get stuck there. Things stop there. So congestion can also be some scar tissue. It can be some calcium buildup. And there can be lactic acid. But by working that congestion away, the goal is to increase circulation, nerve, and blood supply, and mm. in turn, balance the systems of the body. Brilliant. I'm a huge fan, by the way. Reflexology, especially being a chiropractor, this really relates and complements, I think, a lot of what a lot of other body workers do. So whether someone's a massage therapist, a personal trainer, physical therapist, a chiropractor, working and addressing the feet specifically plays a lot into these other modalities, these other techniques within the health and wellness space. So I just want to say that as like a foundational statement, like this is really good work that you're doing. And if I can just comment mm -hmm. on that, that's one thing that I love that all of the modalities you just mentioned all have in common sure. are the feet. Absolutely. So I want to actually circle back a little bit to what you were saying, because I heard several different components in there that I really want to just help people digest into smaller chunks, if you will. Absolutely. So it seems as though you're saying that by working the bottoms of the feet, there are neurologic components to this work, there are physical components to this work, there's actually visceral components to this work. Can you kind of segment that and just go into a little bit more detail maybe on those different components? Absolutely, absolutely. So you touched on some, some great areas when you talk about neurological. Reflexology can work and help things like anxiety, depression. I personally have, have had some, some really good success with clients within both those areas, uh, depression and anxiety, and a lot of people, that's a surprise to them. How do you do that with the feet? Uh, so that kind of goes to that whole neurological point. We can actually access the spinal reflex. So anatomically and physical bones of the body, we can address. Viscerally, I've, I've had some great results with people. Uh, very Some very quick points in the hands and feet for constipation, regularity. What I hear you saying is you're actually improving how the body functions by working these points in the feet. Yes, yes, correct. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's just remarkable. I mean, to me, that makes complete sense, you know, based on my background, my education, chiropractic, all that stuff. But for the perhaps average day person, who's very new to the health and wellness space, that might be like, what? Like I've never heard of that before, you know? So I'm just almost trying to unpack that for them and help them really connect with this in the sense that, can you talk about how the density of nerves, because I think that's a major component to how these mechanisms work. So as I understand it, there's a huge density of nerves in our extremities, specifically the feet. Yeah, your feet have over 7,200 nerve endings wow. on the bottom of each feet, mm -hmm. each foot, excuse me. Um, that's a lot of nerve endings. So you can imagine what our feet take every day. We get up, we stuff them into shoes. A lot of us stuff them into ill-fitting shoes mm -hmm. and we stomp around all day and then we get into bed and we do it again the next day sure. without much even thought about mm -hmm. what our feet's go, feet go through. Mm -hmm. So with reflexology, getting into the reflex points. With reflexology, we are actually, it's a thumb, thumb and finger crawl. It's alternating pressure. So unlike a massage, we are not pushing or kneading that or sliding. Okay. Yes. So we're, but that, what I'm, uh, 
that thumb crawl and that alternating pressure works like a little hammer, a little mallet, if you will, mm -hmm. to go in there and find and break up those areas of stuck congestion. Again, stuck congestion being uric acid, maybe okay. some scar tissue buildup. So in doing that, that's way more specific pinpointed areas we're getting at than you would every day um, just stuffing your shoes on walking yeah, around. Yeah. So can I clarify there? Can mm -hmm. I just kind of Please restate? Do. Yeah, so if someone's going to receive some neuromuscular massage work or perhaps see their soft tissue therapist, they may be familiar with working out a trigger point in a tight muscle or working out a hypertonic band within a muscle fiber. Now, what I hear you saying is you're using a different kind of technique, different pressures. You know, you talked about that thumb crawl as being categorically different from perhaps what a muscular therapist might be doing. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yep. So it's having a different kind of effect on the nervous system because there are muscles in the feet. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not like you're going in there and you're trying to find tight muscles in the feet, which I'm sure you do find. Right. However, it seems as though you're addressing, you're actually using, you know, I see you have your charts here today with you. You're using the charts, you're using this art and science of reflexology to influence those reflexes to then have that be the focus of the treatment rather than hey, can I release someone's tight foot muscle? Correct. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. That being said though, kind of going in line with more of a orthopedic approach, that was one of my questions here too. It's like you're seeing people that have plantar fasciitis, that have uh, heel spurs and bone spurs and things like that. And is that primarily why people are initially coming or perhaps give people a better idea of what they're presenting with as their chief complaint, for example. Yes, no, I'm glad you brought that up because plantar fasciitis is one common thing that I see. It's also a common misnomer that you have to have a foot problem or a foot issue or foot pain to come to a reflexologist. Mm -hmm. So I would like to dispel that right now mm -hmm. that again, this applies to the whole body. But plantar fasciitis is a perfect example of something that reflexology can help with very quickly. Okay. Um, from what I've seen and what I've experienced with my clients, sometimes relief within the first session and a few follow-up sessions, no more pain. I've had several, I've had several really good experiences with that. And again, a lot of people come in with the plantar fasciitis diagnosis, if you will, and they've got it kind of in their mind that this is some big horrible thing. Plantar is the bottom of our feet, fascia mm -hmm. is the connective tissue, and itis is inflammation. Absolutely. That's all we're talking about is inflammation of the connective tissue. Mm -hmm. So going in there and working points like the adrenal reflexes, for instance. Yes. Adrenals are responsible for all inflammation. Mm -hmm. So pain of any kind in the body, not just foot pain, not just plantar fasciitis, we're going to work those adrenal reflexes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just working one area for one specific issue. We're working the systems of the body that affect those areas. Mm -hmm. uh, so adrenals tend to be something that come up a lot for people right. and obviously far reaching. People have arthritis, people have pain of all different kinds. So yes, plantar fasciitis, but I've, as I stated, there's been great results with anxiety and depression, vertigo, headaches, digestion, um, asthma, you know, bronchial type issues, shoulder, neck, back pain. Um, it kind of covers the gamut. Mm -hmm. And again, it's that trying to clear up, working to clear up congestion, stuck mm -hmm. congestion in the feet. I love everything you just said. It makes so much sense. Again, as a chiropractor, this is a huge deal because we see a lot of people with low back pain 
you talked about the fascia network. That same fascial network, as you know, is consistent with the bottom of the feet, is connected all the way throughout our entire body, specifically that posterior chain that runs up the back of our calf into our hamstring, into our pelvis and low back. So specifically by working the feet by rolling the feet. I love the way that you give patients, your clients, that little ball to have them actually roll the bottoms of their feet. That plays a major role in helping to unlock their fascial network, especially if they have any kind of a low back pain context. So Yes, and, um, and if I can tell mm -hmm. you, address that with low back pain, mm -hmm. a lot of times you probably see a lot of people that come in and talk about sciatic, sciatica, my Absolutely. sciatica, my right. low back. And as we know, that comes through the low back, through the sacrum, down the back of the leg. Mm -hmm. Well, it connects on the bottom of the heel, the calcaneus bone, if you will. Yes. And there is a reflex. It's not just the reflex. It's where the sciatic actually okay. attaches on the bottom of the foot. Mm -hmm no amount of my thumb pressure is going to equal your heel, you know, heel strike sure. when you walk. Okay. But that is an excellent place to relieve so much of that tightness up the back of the okay. leg and low back pain. And yeah. that's exactly why I started giving the ball when people leave, because awesome, yeah. that is a wonderful place to rub, to relieve. We do so much sitting, mm -hmm. sitting and standing, but not moving. Right. And so that, that ball is exactly yeah. why I, I, uh, or sciatic pain mm -hmm. is one of the real big ones, that and the adrenals that that can address. Yeah, so great point. I mean, if you're listening and if you struggle with sciatica, any kind of low back pain, piriformis syndrome, any kind of disc herniation context that would contribute to sciatica, what Christy's talking about here, and we'll actually put these or some of the charts up on our website at michiganfamilywellness.com. You guys can check out the show notes there and see what we're talking about. But exactly as she just described, that sciatic reflex right across the bottom of the calcaneus bone there. Fantastic place to see your reflexologist to have that work done, but then also roll that with the ball. You can use a lacrosse ball. I love your green little balls that you have for your patients and clients there. There's just a ton of different tools uh, people can use to really help break up that inflammation and context and adhesions there, really. Can you tell us about the waistline and how we find our own individual waistline? Yes, as the body is represented on the feet, that's everything. So if you are a low-waisted person or a high-waisted person, mm -hmm. your weight, waistline reflex line is going to be in a different spot. It's going to be the same as it would be on your body, on your person. And so if you run your thumb down the outside of your foot, um, you will go along the fifth metatarsal. And as it indents, as your thumb kind of drops off in that little curve on the outside, the lateral edge of your foot, that you're going to follow that straight across the foot. That is your waistline guideline reflex so okay. what's important about that is what goes right across there is that transverse colon mm -hmm. so if you just look at a lot of the charts that you see on um, if you google charts whatever a lot of yeah. people think it's halfway up my foot well for me i'm short i have a very low waist right. my waistline is only about a third of the way up my foot from my heel so if i was going halfway i'd be working on the wrong reflexes, if you will, if I was trying okay. to access the okay. digestive system. Sure. So that's a nice a nice pinpoint or a nice uh, guideline to know what you're doing when you're looking at yeah. the charts. So what I hear you saying is there's this concept of bioindividuality and we can apply these landmarks, if you will, with our own feet to then really make sure that we're hitting the right reflexes for that individual person. 
Yes. That makes sense. And there's and there and there's actually four major guidelines because aside from the waistline, okay. very important, right. there's also the diaphragm line. Okay. That's an easier one to find, uh, more even visually than mm-hmm. having to run your finger down because it's just underneath the ball of your foot. Most of us the ball of the foot is a little bit darker in color, maybe a little orange, a little red, and sticks out. And as that tucks under, just okay. under that ridge. You would find the diaphragm, which then starts to help you pinpoint, just like the body, what organs are are in that area between the waistline and the diaphragm. So is that involved with my breathing then? Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, And then if you pull the big toe back, uh, it will expose the main tendon running down the foot. Mm -hmm. And then there are things that are medial or towards the the inside of the foot, Mm -hmm. and there are organs that fall lateral to that. So th- those three in general, very helpful in pinpointing areas of the body. So just to recap, you said that was the waistline mm-hmm. was one of them, the diaphragm line. Guideline. What was the third one? Uh, was the big toe? The, 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 pulling the big toe back and, and, and that tendon on the bottom of your foot will, okay. will pop, kind yeah. of expose itself. Okay. And so you have things like the adrenal reflexes medial to that tendon ah, line okay. um, and things like the kidneys okay. just lateral of that. So right. those guidelines are, are helpful and important when trying to really pinpoint certain reflexes. Sure, sure. But in the brilliant words of Eunice Ingham, our, okay. our, our sort of yes. <laughs> mother of, of reflexology. She brings it all the way down to find the hurt and work it out. <laughs> Love it. Couldn't agree more. This podcast is brought to you by Michigan Family Wellness, where we believe in helping families live thriving, vibrant lives. With the right guidance, your body has the ability to respond and adapt to the challenges in your life so that you can be healthy. At Michigan Family Wellness, we build resiliency solutions through our proven framework and empower you to become the best version of yourself. Contact us at 734-335-0533 with any questions or go online and schedule an appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com and start your path towards better health today. So that brings up a great point. Is that where these charts come from, Christy? Is this founder or... Because here's the thing, like I can, anyone can go on to Google and search for reflexology charts, right? How does someone know that they're actually looking at credible, good charts that actually relate to these reflexes versus just picking a chart off of Google and just kind of going with that. How do I know if I'm actually getting good information? Well, my charts come from my school, Branch Reflexology in Okemos, and my charts are based on the Eunice Ingham method, the Ingham method. Um, But in the middle of my chart is one that's very specific. These are all copyrighted to my school, Um, but the, the, the picture in the middle is what is super unique to them. Yeah, tell us more about um, that. Yeah. And, and um, that, what's wonderful about it when you say, how are the feet represented, or how is the body, excuse me, represented on the bottoms of our feet? What's beautiful about this chart is if you, we have one body but two feet. If you picture these two feet coming together and overlapping at the big toe, this image in the middle is a beautiful foot map, if you will, Mm. of just how well the body and how fully the body is represented on the bottoms of our feet. This is a unique foot map 
to branch reflexology and I think does a beautiful job in showing that. Hands and feet have the same reflexes on them, but the hands obviously shaped much differently. They're what we call referral areas to each other. And if you came in, for instance, I had a man with poison ivy on his feet on one foot. So he came in and he said, you can't work on my right foot. So I worked on his right hand. So we worked left foot and right hand. We did both hands. Referral areas aren't just hands and feet. Our wrists relate to our ankles, mm. our knees relate to our elbows, and our hips relate to our shoulders. Those are all referral areas for. It's like you're reading my mind right now because that was actually my next question was, hey, is this just about the feet? So you're actually saying that we have reflexes in our hands due to the high density of nerves in our hands as well. Mm -hmm. So then there are other areas along just more so from the feet and the hands. You mentioned the knees, are there other areas? Well, ears, ears are another mm -hmm. another reflexology point, but you can you can access when I mention the knees, there are places on the feet for them. Um, but there where you can access the knee reflex, if you will, the mm -hmm. hip reflex, the leg reflex but you can work in certain areas on the body that correspond to others. So that's why I was, I was talking about the knees and the elbows relating to each other. Christy, have you heard of the homunculus or that diagram that shows on the brain and then the person, the entire body is kind of overlaid with the different parts of the brain? This is something that we were taught for my training as a chiropractor. So it's this whole idea that if I feel something on my right arm or in my right hand, that is going to map out on my brain with my upper front left side frontal motor cortex, if you will, or that frontosomatosensory cortex. Okay. That's the whole idea. So then there are these charts, these homunculuses, if you will, that show how that is represented. And so when I see charts like that, it makes me think of these reflexology charts with the hands and feet, just from like a somatosensory perspective when compared to more of a reflexology perspective. So we'll actually have some of those resources for you guys too at the show notes for the website and everything as well. But I think that gives people a little bit more understanding of what we're actually talking about and kind of how these work on a mechanistic level. Can you tell us a little bit more about the ears and how that works? Are you treating points on the ears or are you mostly doing feet, hands? What's that look like? I mostly do feet and hands. Okay. Um, and feet and hands is what my certification is in and it's where I, it's what I learned at um, my, I have a limited information. I did a webinar on ears. It's something I'm very interested in, but not something that I'm currently practicing. Because you hear about auricular acupuncture mm -hmm. all the time. You hear about auricular re reflexology. So that can provide a lot of value for people there as well. I can tell you in a very elementary, basic way, feel your ears. Put your mm. fingers there. In, 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 again, in Unisingham's words, find the hurt and, and work it out. Sure. Um, during the webinar, when I was interested, just taking your thumb and first finger, your index finger, and, and feeling around your ears from top to bottom, yeah. rubbing that earlobe, um, amazing. Done by someone else, even more amazing sure. than when you do it to yourself, just I'm like any other right kind of yeah. touch. Yes. Feels great. Yes. But what you will find if you start to use the tips of your of your index finger and your thumb, okay. and you really slowly walk through your ear, okay. all around the ear, you will probably find areas where there's maybe what we call a little crunchy, a little ooh, tenderness right. or a spot. Right. Those 
just like areas on the feet those are areas of congestion those are areas we can work out and whether or not you know what you're working out the good point is you're working out congestion sure sure and in most cases like you're not going to hurt yourself right like this is very low risk right the the one the one thing i will say very very important in mm. school and over and over again you never go past the good hurt okay. you can hurt yourself with anything if you go past the good hurt and what is the good hurt the good hurt is different to everybody but you don't want to be holding your breath ow 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 i can handle it that's not the good hurt the body is then in crisis mode you're tense you're not going to receive what you need from it but if you've ever had a massage and you've got a knot especially in your back we all have and somebody's working it it's that yes that's tender but keep going because you're working it out that's the good hurt. Got to work it out. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Have you heard of this idea if a woman is pregnant that there are certain points on the feet that you may want to stay away from because they might start labor, things like that? What's your thought? What's your professional opinion I've, on I've that? I've actually gone to a kind of a continuing education uh, weekend class at Branch on labor and delivery. So not specific to what you said as far as avoid. This was more specific to what to work what to when do. somebody Somebody, yes, ah, okay. is is in labor or is maybe struggling to 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 move labor along. Okay, uh, it is fascinating. Mm -hmm. I personally haven't been able to help someone through a labor. I haven't had a, a pregnant client sure. yet. The story that I've heard from my teachers at Branch. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing. So there's a lot of benefit and value that pregnant women can derive from reflexology treatments during their pregnancy, postpartum, all of that. Absolutely. Fair to say? Yep, really? I, I've actually, awesome. I, I have worked on someone postpartum. Can you tell me more about the Bermuda Triangle? Christy, I know that's like your <laughs> trademark thing. Tell us more about that because I found that really interesting. I, I hope my teachers aren't cringing when they hear me say say that. It was something I, I just, I, I coined that phrase only because it's three things, right? Three things make up a triangle. Mm -hmm. um, it's an area on the right foot specifically on the plantar or bottom side of the right foot just above the waist, the guideline waistline reflex, just above that transverse colon where we have the duodenum or duodenum, some people say. I call it the sink drain, the bottom of the stomach. And then right behind that, we have the tail end of the pancreas. And just above that, we have the adrenal glands. Okay. And it's a, it's a very common area. I find congestion on people. And there's a lot going on in those areas, mm -hmm. specifically. We haven't touched at all on the emotional body that was where yet. I was going next, yes. yeah. But the other half of my training and big at Branch, my class was even called The Body Talks. Our body stores emotions in different places, different organs. And when you think about the stomach and, and things draining from the stomach, mm -hmm. uh, our stomach emotionally is all about hard time putting our feelings into words. That is a lot of people, a lot of people that hold on to things. And so that sink drain being right there the pancreas is our main grief center all grief trauma grief trauma loss is where that's stored in the pancreas and what we have found and what I have found specifically working on clients even though most of the pancreas reflex is located on the left side the left foot the little tail end of it seems to be where a lot of sort of undealt with grief 
Mm. Uh, grief and loss hangs out. So you've got that right there with that sink drain of the stomach. And then right above it, the adrenals responsible for all inflammation. Adrenals, we know very much stress-related and a lot of people hear the term, you know, adrenally fatigued. We do not diagnose with reflexology. We don't prescribe and we don't treat for a particular illness. Mm -hmm. But a really, you hear that over and over again with the lifestyles we leave. So when you when you see those three, I just have coined the phrase the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle, Triangle because right, it is yeah. sort of this mystery spot. Whenever something's inflamed or congested, it's going to get maybe larger in size. Mm-hmm. And so when that area is congested and there's three things so close together, it could be all three or just one. That's why it's sort of a mystery like the Bermuda Triangle, I say sometimes, until it gives us some information to then start seeking, to look at some secondary reflexes, to see if we can pinpoint, is this more a stomach issue? Is this more an adrenal issue? Is this more pancreas? And all of those go right about over liver reflex, which is huge, biggest organ, right? And takes up a very large amount on the right foot there. So liver, no surprise, is where all anger is stored. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have done a lot of things to our liver. It's yeah. It's got, what, over 500 oh, gosh. jobs. Yeah. What, yeah. what does the liver not do, really? Exactly. And also able to take over for other things that aren't working, for instance, yeah. when your gallbladder is taken out. This brings up a great point, Christy. As a chiropractor, one of the things that I like to say, you're keeping the back of my mind, the issues are in the tissues is something that we say. <laughs> so when I've adjusted people before, I've adjusted their low back or their necks, and Christy, they just burst into tears or they just have this big, huge amount of laughter come out of them. Have you had people when they're in your chair, you know, you find a spot that you're working on and then all of a sudden they have this just emotional response. Tell us more about that. I love that question because yes, I did. Um, and in fact the first time it happened I was still in school and it was still a practicum I was working on and it was surprising to me but also a beautiful example of how the body stores emotions. Since being in in my practice, I have seen it probably at least five times. Well, I I shouldn't say maybe 10, maybe more where people do and not so much burst, but all of a sudden tearing and and not necessarily knowing why. And as we sort of pinpoint what reflexes we're working on, then a little bit more of the story comes out about what's going on mm-hmm. in their life. So I'm a big believer that the physical body is the emotional body. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to circle back here too, going back to our discussion on the density of nerves, going back to kind of that neurological context. What I'm seeing here on the charts and our discussion on the reflexes, all of these organs are involved with our digestion, or a lot of them are involved with our digestion. So that makes me think as a chiropractor, I'm super involved with the vagus nerve, and that being our primary source of our parasympathetic nervous system. So as you're working the bottoms of the feet here, Christy, I'm sure people are feeling quite calm, quite relaxed. You might even hear like some gurgling in their stomach or, you know, hear some peristalsis and things like that. Or they might have, I'm sure you've received texts like, hey, I had a great night's sleep or, oh my gosh, after your session, I had to go find a bathroom because like it was moving. <laughs> Those, uh, you, you've just quoted several things that I hear quite frequently. Mm-hmm. One really nice example of it is if I have someone come in and I can tell right off the bat from the way they walk in the door that it's a stressful day 
day or that they're they're upset or they're they're just kind of exhausted i immediately when they sit down will start working the diaphragm reflex and you will it's visible and audible how their breathing changes very quickly as we start working the diaphragm reflex. The diaphragm, as you know, is the first place we carry stress. We just stop taking deep breaths. And when you mention the vagus nerve, such an, an amazing nerve, and everyone's familiar with the sciatic nerve being the largest nerve in the body. The vagus nerve is the second largest, and I don't know why yeah. there's not more conversation about it. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually something that we access more on the dorsal or top side of the foot. Mm -hmm. um, with reflexology, and this isn't set in stone, but the bottom of the foot um, generally relates to the in internal and back of the body or posterior, whereas the dorsal side, the front of the foot, is more the front or anterior of the body. I and see. so okay. coming down the head, you know, that vagus nerve sort of almost on the side as mm -hmm. it comes around the ears down the throat. And so we access it more down the front, around the medial column coming down okay. from the great toe. Okay. Yeah, and I love how there is a vagus nerve reflex also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I talk about this a lot in my own lectures, so in the ear. So there's actually a branch of that vagus nerve that comes out from the brainstem, and you can actually find that by just basically taking your finger and going kind of right in the center of your ear there, and you'll actually start to influence part of the vagus nerve there. I just actually talked with a friend, if you will, and he was trying to use a TENS unit to help stimulate the vagus nerve uh, from an auricular perspective, and I thought that was brilliant. That being said, everything we can do to influence our vagus nerve, to fire that vagus nerve to stimulate the vagus nerve is ultimately going to be a good thing as it relates to our digestion, to our parasympathetic nervous system. We talk a lot here in the office about gargling with water. We talk about the gag reflex. We talk about humming, singing in the shower, uh, you know, while you're driving around in the car, things like that. All very, very good vagus nerve functions. And then of course, chiropractic adjustments. So the cervical adjustments, the lumbar adjustments, very good for the vagus nerve there and that sacral plexus as well. What makes you different? What makes you different from the average reflexologist out there? Tell us more about that. Well, there aren't a lot of us out there. <laughs> if you look, there aren't Especially a lot of- Especially the nationally certified ones. I was if I'm, say, congratulations, by you. the way. Thank you, uh, yeah, thank you. One thing that I've heard, I, I haven't, other than through my schooling, so I, I, I give accolades to all, all my fellow students at Branch, but in my everyday world, when people have come to my office and one of the first questions on the intake form is, have you ever received reflexology before? Most of the time, the answer is no. It is still, even though it has been around for thousands of years and just resurfaced in the United States in the last hundred or so, most people either have never heard of it or never experienced it. But the ones that say yes or I think I have, the difference that I hear is I'm not sure if I had reflexology or not. I, I get one of two things and they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. One is it was more like a foot massage, uh, and nothing wrong with a foot massage by any means. It feels wonderful, right? But not re it's not reflexology. Or I've heard the opposite. Yes, and they hurt me. I've heard some stories that they mm -hmm. obviously went past the good hurt. That's definitely not the Ingham method, and not the method I practice. Right. And it, it is not supposed to be inflicting that kind of pain. Again, there are tender spots. There definitely can be tender spots and painful mm -hmm. spots. That's just the biggest thing. Is I haven't run into anybody that's that's 
most people, most of my clients, have not even experienced reflexology before. And I would say, aside from that, staying within the good hurt and doing the alternating pressure, not just massage, also is the emotional body. And Mm -hmm. that is one thing coming from Branch Institute that they incorporate. And I would say that is something that sets us apart as branch students is the emotional body. Well, I agree with everything you just said. And if I could just add to it as well, because I've experienced your work, and I would just like to say that it's all about the experience. You have a fantastic atmosphere, a great experience. You're supporting people with those little green balls that you have. You have an awesome space. Your chair is fantastic. I doubt people are experiencing that caliber of a chair when they're receiving reflexology. You have essential oils going. The entire experience is really catering towards having that person receive a healing treatment. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And and that seems to be the feedback that I get. Absolutely. So I, I think Absolutely. you can answer that one better than yeah. I could. Thank you. Hey guys, just wanted to take a moment and remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Michigan Family Wellness Clinic. We believe in healthy, vibrant families who can adapt to the stress in their life. In order to build a healthy family, we start by caring for one person at a time. If this message resonates with you, then I invite you to schedule an online appointment at michiganfamilywellness.com. Hey, and if you're enjoying today's episode, go ahead and share this podcast with someone else who can benefit from today's empowering conversation. All right, guys, let's get back to today's episode. Well, and this gets into a question that I have. I want to talk about your opinions on footwear and shoes and orthotics, if you have any professional ones. But even as like a preamble to that, I got into the whole fascination with feet when I was going through a phase in my life when I was all about running. So I love bipedal locomotion, I like to call it. I love barefoot running, the minimalist footwear that's out there. Christy, I used to have terrible iliotibial band syndrome in my right knee because I was wearing these shoes that had a big honking heel on them and I was heel striking all the way through that first mile, second mile, third mile. By the time I would get to that fifth mile in my run, it would just be so unbearable I would have to stop. I couldn't go further than five miles. So then I got plugged into Chris McDougal, Dr. Mark Cucuzella, who we interviewed on the podcast here a previous episode or two ago, and we got into this whole idea of that barefoot running style. Basically this whole idea of getting off your heels, having more of a midfoot or a forefoot strike, and using the grand design that is our foot and helping us move forward from a natural perspective. Do you have any major opinions on, like do people ask you about what kind of shoes or sandals they should wear, you know, or you know, the seasons are changing, so the summer's coming up, I wanna buy some new sandals. Do people ask you about that or do people ask you about orthotics and inserts and that sort of thing? They do, and uh, I never wanna go outside of my realm of expertise. I am a reflexologist, I am not a foot doctor, but the one thing that we learned, we did learn in school and that I have experienced personally, just like you when you were running, people have a misconception that cushy is good that cushy comfortable yeah. shoes yeah. Uh, and I don't want to I don't want to call out any specific brands but mm-hmm. we put them in and we like this comfy cushy atmosphere the problem is when you talk about that heel strike and that's, mm-hmm. that's how we walk heel strike toe off with cushy the body ends up absorbing that shock from right. the ground and the heel strike is a hard strike and what you want 
is it's not that you want to walk around on cardboard, but good quality firm bottomed shoes. Sure. Because the firm bottom is what's going to absorb that mm -hmm. shock. Not your shins, not your knees, not yeah. your hips, and the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. um, and so you'll notice there are there are a lot of shoes out there that some people think look like they're not going to be comfortable right. because they don't have a nice big cushy bottom or that heel you mm -hmm. talked about in the tennis shoe. And yet, if you give them a try, you will see firsthand that shock absorption is what they're what that thin yeah. bottom is for that firm bottom. My personal thought with that is a lot of people just have really tight feet. You know, we talk about this whole idea of being polar and gooey. So polar being electronegative because our body is electrical, we have to use electricity for depolarization and communication, but then we also have to be gooey. So, I mean, you can have big muscles, you can be fit and all of that, uh, but especially with the bottoms of the feet, your feet have to be pliable, like they have to be flexible. And so if you have really, stiff, tight feet. I think people are drawn towards those more cushy shoes because they just feel better. To your point though, I do recommend more of a flat-footed, I love the zero drop context for a lot of shoe companies out there. Conceptually, I generally think of orthotics and inserts the way that I think of pharmaceutical medications. Like, okay, sure, if it helps us take the pain away for a short period of time, and it helps us function and get through a particular context, whether it's work or everyday life or walking around a lot, if that's part of your experience. But ultimately, long-term, I wanna strengthen those muscles of the feet. I wanna break up those fascial adhesions. And I want that person to be able to put on a shoe without having to use a quote unquote crutch of an insert or an orthotic. That being said, I do want to just recommend a couple things that people look into. So Vivo Barefoot Shoes, fantastic shoes, nice wide toe box. We talk about how the toes need to spread out. I see the little things that you wear in between your toes to help kind of spread things out because a lot of people's toes are just all kind of crunched up together. So that's really important for the motion of the toes. And also, yeah, the zero drop and the wide toe box are the two big things to look for when it comes to selecting like functional footwear is what I would call it. If people are looking for a specific kind of orthotic or insert, then again, this is my just, I've had good results from patients using uh, this particular platform. It's called ProTalus and it's actually an online based thing where you can plug in some of your measurements and it doesn't get super technical like a podiatrist's orthotic, it's not gonna be that expensive. And it's also at the same time, not something like off the shelf from the nearest drugstore or Meyer or Kroger, whatever it might be, like a Dr. Scholl's type thing. So if there's a spectrum from like super expensive orthotic from your podiatrist, and on the other end of that, super cheap, you know, very accessible from the corner drugstore, then this ProTalus recommendation would kind of be like in the middle. So I have found that patients get some good results from that. But then again, same concept, we still want to have the long-term plan to be eventually transitioning away from that through the conservative care into more of a just regular flat shoe, if you will. So if, uh, 
this is a, a little bit off that, but when you talk mm-hmm. about short-term versus long-term and transitioning, one thing I would like to touch on with reflexology are calluses. Yeah. Um, calluses are something, uh, I have a lot of people that will say, oh, oh, you know, I didn't get my pedicure before I came. I'm sorry about my feet. And my first information to them is, calluses do not come from the outside of the body calluses come from the inside that is our body's way of saying they're protecting this reflex something something needs help here and people go to get pedicures they get them shave them off that goes to your point that it's temporary because what happens they grow right back in the exact same spot okay it's not like a a blister or a corn. These aren't something from your shoe rubbing or your feet rubbing on a new pair of shoes. Calluses are the body's way of protecting that reflex. So the nice thing with reflexology, and it doesn't happen in one session, but reflexology can start to soften those calluses really? naturally yeah. so that the calluses eventually go away. Mm. We are able to then get into that reflex that it's been protecting underneath and the calluses don't come back. That's awesome. So unlike a temporary fixed pedicure where you shave it off, sure. this now has done two things because it won't come back, but we've also gotten into the reflex that was crying for help. Were you always in reflexology, Christy? I was not. I was a commercial photographer <laughs> for years. So how did you go from being a photographer, I'd love to hear this story, doing photography into reflexology? To try and put it in a nutshell, it has been a bit of a lifetime journey, as everybody's story is, but I had some major digestive issues about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. I say diagnosed because I did have it. I no longer have it. Um, and the traditional medical route did not work for me and not just me on a personal or emotional level physically my body did not respond to medications and the and the traditional care for ulcerative colitis so I was referred to that was my first experience with chiropractic 20 some years ago started learning more about nutrition and just started questioning and opening my mind to many things But reflexology was one that was introduced to me by uh, a massage therapist who just had had maybe a Saturday class in reflexology, but it stuck with me. And so I started looking up charts. I bought some books and it was something always on the side. And then several, probably four years ago, really started. I had my own reflexologist um, who, who was... It was amazing over this period of a year, the different areas of my body that responded to reflexology, everything from weight loss to hormone issues, to sleep issues, to neck and shoulder issues. And it just really kept calling to me, you know, that little voice that just won't stop. Absolutely. And I asked my own reflexologist, how did you get into this? Where did you, did you go to school? Is there a school? And that's when I investigated Branch. And as soon as I investigated it, I signed up and I was on my way. So and the rest is history. And the rest is history. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a great story. I mean, I just love everything you're doing. I'm really excited to bring you on the platform in the podcast here today, Christy. Gosh, you're a wife, you're a mother, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, you're a nationally certified reflexologist now. So again, congratulations on that. I just think you're such an inspiration to the community. And I know you're, you're doing such great work here and helping so many people through just this natural healing modality here. So thank you so much for coming on the platform today. Anything else that you wanna touch on before we kinda wrap things up here? 
I would like to say thank you. Thank you for having me on this. Absolutely. I appreciate that. I appreciate your openness and your knowledge in so many different areas, specifically how the body works and, and your openness to all the other modalities that can help and work together because I truly believe there isn't just one thing. They all really do complement each other. Um, I've had a world of help from you and I just, I really, I appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank well, thank you again. And something I've been saying on the podcast here for quite a few years now, one of my favorites, but we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. So again, thanks so much for coming on the platform. Tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about you. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, same same handle, if you will, or you can always give me a call. <laughs> I, I love the person-to-person -person contact, so you can always call or text me with any of your questions I'm happy to answer. And what number can they call to reach you there? You can call me at 248-872-3042. Brilliant. Thanks again so much, Christy. And may I remind everyone that we are going to have a dedicated webpage at michiganfamilywellness.com with all of the show notes and all of the resources that you guys can leverage to start improving your health through this great art and science of reflexology. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Christy Day. It was so great to have you. All right, families, what'd you think? We'd love to get your feedback. If you would like to email me about anything you've heard on this or any previous edition of the Family Wellness Lifestyle Podcast, you may do so by writing Dr. Kyle at michiganfamilywellness.com and take full advantage of the Family Lifestyle Audio Library at michiganfamilywellness.com. Connect with us on social media at Michigan Family Wellness. Thanks so much for tuning in, families. Have an awesome week. And remember, we can do far more together than we could ever do apart. Now that you've been equipped with the latest in family wellness solutions, we want to encourage you to apply these strategies right away. But the thing is, there's still so much to learn. Connect with Dr. Walner's chiropractic and nutrition office by going to michiganfamilywellness.com and click the newsletter sign-up button to join the informative and supportive community of chiropractic wellness. You will also receive as a gift from Dr. Walner a copy of Michigan Family Wellness Solutions an invaluable resource containing dynamic tools to elevate family health and vitality. Michigan Family Wellness wants to thank you for being part of today's podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review.